Caden Co PR would like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the land that this podcast was recorded and produced on, the Wurundjeri and Bunurong peoples of the East Kulin Nations. We pay our respect to their elders past, present and emerging and we extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples. Welcome to the Press Office with Caden Copiar, the podcast that gives you an exclusive and unfiltered look behind the scenes of the Australian media landscape and public relations industry. I'm your host, Marissa Jane, and if you are dreaming of a career in public relations, are an aspiring journalist, or simply just obsessed with all things digital and traditional media, then this is the podcast for you. Well, don't we have a very interesting episode lined up for you today, especially if you are in the world of PR or digital marketing, as I chat to game changer Prue Corrigan, the founder of One Daydream Talent. Prue was one of us initially, spending over 20 years in the fashion, beauty and lifestyle public relations industry, but in December last year, she decided to close the PR and events division within One Daydream to focus solely on the brightest stars and personalities from TikTok, Instagram and beyond. I loved chatting to Prue and finding out all about her decision-making process around transitioning her PR agency into what it is today, and of course, getting the lowdown on my personal favourite social platform, TikTok. Before we get started too, we would really appreciate if you took the time to rate and follow the podcast on your favourite app. Let's get on to the interview. Hi, Prue, and firstly, welcome to the press office with Caden Co-PR. I'm very excited to chat all things social media and talent with you today, so welcome. Thanks, Marissa. Thanks for having me, and thanks to Kate for asking me on the show too. She is very excited to hear this episode (laughs) because after 22 years working across the PR and events space and building such a successful agency of your own, You have actually transitioned your agency recently to focus on the future of influencer marketing and talent. Can you talk me through that thought process there? Yeah, it was, it was a really big decision. A long time in public relations. I remember first stepping into my PR role at Sports Girl Head Office and that sort of really, you know, started this journey of, of public relations. And then it went into Two Birds Talking, which was my first agency that I started and then One Day Dream PR as well. I think for me, it had just got to a point in my life where I wanted something new. You know, I I went traveling last year after COVID. I was in Italy. I was watching the Melfi Coast. I was relaxed. And I started to really think about brands and people. And for me, I love people. I love communicating with people. I love talking to people. I love meeting new people. There's always so much, there's so many stories from people. So, and, and products can't really talk to you. I was talking about them. <laughs> so that's really where it sort of came from. And I, and I thought, I've got this newfound passion. I had been doing the Dream Team for five years. So the Dream Team started as a talent management agency in 2015. So mm-hmm. it was already there. And I just had made the decision that I felt for myself that I needed to move from PR into talent. And that's not to say to actually get rid of the PR and, and it's not where the future of marketing needs to go. You absolutely need it. But I think for me, I was thinking if I was going to do PR, then I would do it with people versus doing it with brands. I guess building profiles and changing perceptions 
you know, through conversation and, and with people can be very empowering versus a product on a page. So for me, it was more so, you know, the passion and here we are today. I can imagine too, with PR agencies now working with you as a talent manager, you have this huge understanding of what the PR actually wants. So it's kind of a win-win scenario, right? It is. And so many PRs have reached out to me since, you know, I closed the PR division in December and we're having great conversations. You know, I'm sort of like, why didn't we speak earlier? Really? Like we all should have been collaborating. I mean, Kate and I have known each other for a very long time. We always, you know, chatted through things, but yes, it's quite collaborative now. And I think there's a real trust when you are talking to someone who's been in the PR industry for such a long time and they're bringing people into your brands I can understand both sides of the coin and I think that's where the power of this comes through and we've done some great things with, you know, a lot of the PR companies just over the past two months and I think we'll create some more great things for the rest of the year too. Now, you do have quite like a varied talent roster but overarchingly, is there something that makes your one-day dream talent different to other talent managements and talent arms? I would say that we're probably very diverse. So I have my youngest is 18 and my eldest is 62. So we have a huge diverse range of people in the dream team. For me, it's about finding matches for brands. So again, because I understand brands and I've worked with them and on them for such a long time, I know that they're always looking for new communities to connect with and also different age brackets. You know, you don't need to be 20 to be promoting a brand. There is opportunity for the older generations as well to be part of that. And I think with their, you know, their experience and, and their skill sets, I can actually add quite a lot to brands being in that older market too. So for me, it was very much a wide community. I think maybe some talent divisions, you know, stick to certain areas or whether it's beauty or fashion or perhaps being a TikTok agency, whereas I decided to go a little bit more diverse. So I would say that would be where the point of difference is for One Day Dream for sure. You actually manage some of my favorite TikTokers like Izzy and Sam, who just launched their podcast. Who else do you have on your arm that's really up and coming and doing some really cool things? Doing some really cool things. Yeah, Izzy and Sam have just like blown up overnight. I mean, those girls are, yeah, they're fantastic. They're fun. I think their new podcast is fantastic. It's already hit number one on Spotify. That happened this week. I mean, it's huge. So, yeah, I think, look, up-and-comers come in different shapes and sizes as well. So <laughs> I'd say Denny Todorovic, who I manage, which is styled by Denny, would definitely be someone who has got a massive voice out there at the moment, especially from a media perspective. So I think there's two bubbles. You know, we have our social bubbles and we also have our mainstream bubbles. And I think Denny's the perfect example of someone that can be huge on social media but also be really big in mainstream media as well. So, you know, I think with the TikTokers, that Gen Z community is huge, but whether or not they're actually reading the mainstream media, you know, I'm not sure. So there's different, as I say, there's always different bubbles and different segments. But, yeah, definitely Denny I think is huge. You know, Jay Kisnorbo, who is a makeup artist here in Australia, Jade is becoming so much more like stepping out from behind the scenes and in front of the camera now, becoming an educator in makeup, is on House of Wellness TV. So, you know, there's there's definitely a few that are stepping up and out. David Franklin I manage. I mean, I go, literally go from pools to beauty to non-binary conversations to to TikTokers and podcasts. You know, we this is what I mean. It's It's really diverse and people are, I guess, making waves in their own pool, so to speak, in whichever lane they're playing in. So there's a lot of them at the moment that are doing amazing things. 
And do you think that in terms of the future of marketing that, you know, it is so important to be leveraging these content creators and influencers to really amplify these brand messages? Yeah, absolutely. I don't think that you can ignore content creators now and influencers. They have to be part of your campaigns. But it's, it's finding the right ones that really connect. And, and that's sometimes a challenge for people. And I think, you know, you can get lost. I call it going down the rabbit hole of social media. You know, you do get lost into people's worlds and are they going to be right for my brand? And, you know, some people can create content, but they might not be able to speak. So are they going to be right if we're going to have them at an event or to be able to talk about my brand? So there's lots of different things that you sort of have to go into and, and to make sure that that person is the right fit for your brand. But yes, I believe they can't be ignored and they're a massive part of the marketing plan for any brand in 2023 and beyond, for sure. And you mentioned that it can be quite difficult, you know, finding the right talent for your brand. Do you have any advice on, you know, how to really nail that? And also how do you best work with PRs? Are you open to just having a conversation saying, this is the brand? What do you think? Yeah, absolutely. I remember being in PR and sort of working back with managers and there wasn't that conversation. So you couldn't actually have that conversation to say, hey, I've got this brand, who can you suggest? I think we've opened the door with that where people can come to us and have those conversations. I mean, I had a wood brand come to me the other day and wanted to talk about wood. Now that's that's tough, right? It's a tough sell. Like, how are we going to talk about this? So, but we talked about different people and how it might work in, in building, I guess, that awareness for that particular wood brand from a sustainability point of view, from a DIY point of view, all sorts of things. So yes, I would always encourage people to come and talk to the talent managers because we also know the plans for a lot of these talent as well or content creators. So we know what we're thinking. We know what drives them. I would hope that the content creator would be showing that on their channels majority of the time. But I think sometimes they might sort of go into a certain lane and not always be able to show what they can do as a whole. Because remember, you know, videos can be quite quick. They can be 30 seconds. They can be just an image, which sometimes doesn't give that overall picture. So you've always got to be thinking. And I think as a manager, if you can think about the constant growth of a particular person and how they're going to fit into brands, that's sort of a little bit of the secret sauce, which I try and build with all of our dream team, especially when we do our vision days. Sometimes like some of the best campaigns I've ever worked on in terms of like an influencer campaign often have come out of those really open conversations with a talent manager because not only do they know who is relevant to the brand, but it's also looking at what other brands do they have lined up in the near future that might be a competitor and might clash and you don't know about that yet. And you just get such a greater understanding too of what they can and can't do and talk about. So I think that's really important. Yeah, you're right. And there's a lot of, I think even for PRs, always ask the question as well. And I know we've run into this situation, absolutely, where there might be two campaigns, different industries, however, the PR is being set. And then if that particular talent or person has already been sort of saturated on a certain campaign, they're not going to get used for the next campaign. And and that actually happened to me even when I was on the PR side with a particular very, very well-known duo on TikTok. And we had done a campaign with one of our brands and they'd done it with another brand. And look, they pipped us to the post and we couldn't get any PR at all. And then of course, going back to the client to talk about that can often be a tricky situation. So it's good to ask the question up front and to figure out what that particular talent has in the pipeline, 100%. Definitely. And 
we've touched on it today that you do have quite a few talent who are who are known from TikTok. And, you know, recently I woke up one day and I decided I wanted to be TikTok famous. It is a lot harder than it looks. It is so hard. And I have so much respect for these content creators now that I've tried to dip my toe into that pool. What is the key to success on this platform? Do you know what? I am, I'm still figuring it out myself. I must admit, like sometimes I'll speak to some of the content creators, especially the TikTokers, and they'll be like, wow, that just like blew up. Did you see that? Or it'll go viral or, and you'll be like, how did that? <laughs> so look, I'm, I, I think I, I wrote down some notes actually, cause I was like, this is actually a really, really good question. I think it's like consistency is definitely where it's at. You know, some of these TikTokers are posting three to four times a day and that can really start to build momentum and to make sure that you're always on these, you know, explore pages and, and being seen out there. I think it's good to sort of start with a, you know, like a point of interest. Like you've got to think about your TikTok and, and where you're going. Yes, there's the challenges. They're also good. So go with a challenge or go with perhaps a, you know, a piece of music that perhaps is trending at the moment as well. But give people the reason to comment. That's also another key to it. So why are they going to comment on this? And, you know, why are you sort of showing them? Because sometimes I do look at the TikToks and think, oh my God, but I can't stop watching. Like you, you can't, you become part of people's lives through watching whether they're traveling, cooking, hanging out with their boyfriend, showing you what they've bought from a fashion perspective. I had a funny story when I was talking to Izzy actually when I first met Iz and I was like, so what's the deal with like the kick, like the leg kick up the back, you know, with, <laughs> with and she goes, that's to show my shoes. I was like, of course it is. Oh my God. So you know, it's it's sort of showing, I guess, the full picture, but making it fun. TikTok's a really entertaining platform and it's not it's not something to be overthinked. I think that is really the key. But consistency and, and bringing people into your lane and especially, you know, if you are a younger person on TikTok, making sure that you're talking about things that are relevant to, say, Gen Z. If you're a Gen Zer, you need to talk about things that are relevant to your demographic as well. And then you just start to create this community and this swell. And what I love about TikTok too is, is that the girls, the boys, the thems, the theys, they really help each other. So they'll jump onto each other's channels or be part of something bigger to help each other grow. And that's that's something that I see that happens quite a lot on TikTok. You'll see a lot of successful TikTokers helping each other sort of reach that, I guess, that pinnacle point. So, Yeah, that's so true. TikTok can be a really positive place and, you know, you build a community of people that, you know, just love everything you do. But I do think out of all the platforms, it can be quite toxic and negative as well. Do do your talent often have to deal with that as well? Yeah, we've had a few. I mean, look, I've I've had instances across Instagram and TikTok with negativity. The trolls are real, you know, they're out there. I don't think we're ever going to be able to stop them. I mean, unless the platforms themselves do something with it. It can be toxic. I think in this industry though, and it's like being a celebrity or it's like being someone in the spotlight, you do in some ways need to grow a bit of a thick skin, but you also need to be able to take some of the comments seriously if it's something that you've done wrong. Perhaps you have said something that that isn't right. So at least you have that platform to be able to fix it. But I do... I really, really struggle with the trolls. We, we, I, I deal with it daily with a lot of talent across the board and we just have to be humble. We have to stay grounded. And I think as a content creator, you just have to make sure that everything that you're putting out there is educating and also entertaining as well and, and not harming others. And I think if you can stick to that as a content creator, you sort of have to block out the noise on the other fronts. And you were 
managing talent pre-TikTok. Have you suggested for all your existing talent to make that transition to TikTok or are you comfortable with some talent just being on Instagram, for example? Yeah, that's a good question too. I think it depends on the age bracket. So you'll find definitely the 20 to 30-year-olds are very, very comfortable with TikTok. They've grown up with it. It's a natural part of, of what they do. It flows, it really flows. I think the older generation are probably just because they've been Instagrammers will be a little bit more, oh, I'm not sure how I'm going to make that work. That's not to say that they can't, but there's a, so there's a shift at the moment that's going on with brands. So I always go back to what do brands want? And I think brands at the moment are definitely looking for Instagram and TikTok. Some are only TikTok, but again, that will be around the age demographic of the brand too. So you do find that younger brands will want to attract the younger people, work with younger people, and then want TikTok. Whereas an older demographic is still with Instagram and Instagram's still there. It's, it's not dying. It's not going anywhere it keeps reinventing itself as well. So, you know, it's got reels now and it'll, I think it'll always sort of keep up. I'm going to be, I'm really interested to watch where TikTok's going to go because it's, in some ways it's sort of falsified. Oh God, I might get slammed for that. But it's like how, you know, how, how the numbers are huge. Like you can just like blow up overnight on TikTok, Instagram, it takes longer and there's more of a process. And I feel like there's more of a deeper connection with a lot of the posts and the stories and things. So look, they're very, very different platforms. And I think we're still finding our feet on it, but they're both relevant. And I think, you know, it'll be interesting to watch the next year. I think this year is going to be huge because I think YouTube's coming. YouTube's going to be back. You know, that was the OG. And I think it's going to come back in a huge way. It's definitely massive in the States. And I think Australia's a little bit behind on that. So I think YouTube's on the comeback. I agree. And when looking at new talent and signing new talent, what exactly do you look for? Yeah, I try not to look too much into their channels. And I know that sounds strange. I'll I'll definitely look at numbers and, you know, their engagement and, and a few sort of top line posts. But I really try to get to know the person first, because for me, understanding how they communicate, how they talk, what they really want. We talk about dreams a lot. That's very much what we do at One Day Dream. You know, what is the what is the goal? How are you going to be sustainable? If Instagram and TikTok disappeared tomorrow, where are we going? What are we doing? There, I think there has to be a plan for that. That probably comes from my marketing and PR head as well. But that's, you know, very much where it is. But I try not to dig too deep and really get to know the person. And they'll know, like, it's really interesting. As soon as someone comes and sits opposite me, I can actually tell whether that person is going to be successful or not, you know, in business or on socials or whatnot. So you can tell a lot of it's drive, you know, content creation is not easy. It's not for the faint hearted and it takes a lot of work. And I think people forget that they forget that it's actually a real job and it takes a lot of dedication. And do you find that talent reach out to you as well, or is it mainly you reaching out to talent? No, there's a lot of, especially now, I think with us announcing at the start of the year that we were doing this, there's a huge amount of interest. Look, there's some people that I would, you know, love to work with, but again, a manager and a talent's connection is very, very personal. So it has to be whether that, that talent wants to leave or wants perhaps a new direction, you know, and if the same thing happened to me, I would have to take that, you know, cop that on the chin. That's just the way that life goes. But I think what we do is, you know, a lot of communication and really keep up the the talk about dreams and where we're going. And so I hope that we would, you know, keep everyone. But no, approaching talent, I think they've got to be ready. It's up to them. It's It's what's attracting them. And hopefully what I'm putting out will attract the right people in. I always say that too. 
I'm very excited to ask this next question because I feel like your experience working as a publicist and now a talent manager, your advice is going to be so great and bang on. But what is your advice for PRs working with content creators and talent managers? So again, depending on what brand you're PRing or event, I think it's really important to outline those objectives first and then speak to the talent manager about who's going to be the right person for that particular event or, you know, or brand. Is that person credible in the space? You know, what sort of media is going to like them? Even perhaps go to media and say, if I had X, Y, and Z, could we get press out of this? Like, what do you think? Like, we used to actually throw that around quite a bit to see if it would be of interest to media. So that would be how I would, how I would play it for sure. And also think about, I think for brands too, try and find the next up and coming person because it's, it, it happens so quickly, like it, it, because social media is so quick. So I think to be able to find that next new hot person, if you find them and nurture them as a, maybe a smaller uh, content creator and then sort of grow with them, I think that's very, very powerful. And I think there's a few brands that have done that very, very well. Look at like, I mean, I'm going back in the hate day, but Steph Claire Smith with Bondi Sands. For me, it's always something that's always stuck in my mind about finding Steph before she is where she is today and what she's achieved. And, and, and the brand works. She was the quintessential gorgeous Aussie beach girl, had beautiful bronze skin. You know, it worked in with the brand. So, yeah, there's moments like that. And sometimes you get the perfect storm, let's be honest, and sometimes it's a little harder. But just sit down and, and plan. It's really about planning. I find there's a lot of last minute in our industry. So I'll get a call and be like, oh, my God, I've got this campaign I need. And you'll be like, ah. But if you can actually sit and plan it and, and figure it out, it can be very, very successful because to be able to use a content creator or an influencer for a campaign and get press out of it, I mean, that's the, that is the perfect storm. Agreed. And do you think when it comes to, say, briefing content creators, do you think the less information, the better or the bigger the brief, the better? So good question. That also comes back to how traditional the brand is as well too. So I find some brands are very, very traditional and very strict on what they want to say. However, if you block a content creator on stopping them creating something that they know their audience will love, you're not going to get the results that you want. So I really think that brands, you need to work together. You need to be able to have these conversations. We often go back, we'll see a brief and we'll say, listen, okay, you want to work with this particular person, but we think it might work better with this. What do you think? And it does take a lot more time and there is a lot of back and forth on that. But at the end of the day, you know what content's going to be created. You don't have to go back and forth and reshoot things. So the conversations up front are really important. But my gut in moving forward for 2023 says let the content creator create their way because they know what works for their audience. But if you do have key things that you need communicated, just make sure that you outline them, but maybe in a shorter form, not literally step by step. I, I literally had a brand once that was like, they need to shoot it like this, you know, left arm moving that way. I, no, you know, and it's only going to piss off the creator as well. So don't do it. <laughs> I couldn't agree more. It's like, if you're wanting something so specific, get a photographer and do an ad campaign instead of, you know, wanting this user-generated content because that's what the beauty comes from. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And you want, you know, you're hiring that particular content creator for their community. So you, and they're, they're, they understand their community better than anybody because they're talking to them daily. So there has to be this creative, yeah, I guess, conversation. 
But, you know, it still it still happens where those briefs come in and <laughs> I can see content creators going, oh, my God, like, honestly, like, really? So, you know, so we try and have the conversations before it gets to that now, but, it, you know, it happens. I can imagine. And, you know, you obviously sound very busy and you've had such a successful start to, you know, just focusing on the one day dream talent. But what is next for you and your team? Yes. What is next? Look, we're continuing to grow the talent division at the moment. There is, as I said, lots and lots of people that are wanting to step into the dream team. We're certainly not saying yes to everyone. We are really trying to find this dream mix of of people for our family. And I call it a family because a lot of them are learning from each other as well. So yeah, we're, we're, we're really a tight-knit family. Culture is king for me. So I think culture is going to be one of the big things that I move into as well to keep that family together um, who feel connected and also part of something and, and part of something bigger. And then, look, I'm not, there's some thing I would love to sort of talk about some things. I'm not going to give away too much, but there are some big <laughs> things that are coming up and I think will perhaps differentiate us from traditional talent management. And I'm really hoping that, you know, that will happen within the next year. So stay tuned is all I'm going to say, but I'm pretty excited about it. We're going to do things a little differently and hopefully be first. I love my firsts. (laughs) I'm very excited. I will be watching and listening with a keen ear and eye. So I cannot wait. Now, before you go, I have five quick fire questions for you. Are you ready? I am. I am. Okay. Favorite PR event ever? Do you know what? That would have to be the Ulla Henriksen Glow Camp in Queenstown. We we worked with Ulla Henriksen for eight years, incredible in the PR side of the business, and we would take groups of people each year on a Glow Camp around the world. I mean, it was it was phenomenal. And, you know, we took a helicopter up to a glacier and sipped champagne and we had massages and we hit the Olsen pools and it was such a, a magical experience all while learning about skincare. So, I would have to say, with Ulla himself, I would have to say that was a sensational trip and one that I'll I'll never forget. That sounds incredible. Your favourite podcast, apart from this, of course. Of course. I'm going to have to say just for girls. You know, Izzy and Sam, I'm so proud of them. They've just launched this. It's so good. And especially from, you know, like I'm I'm not a Gen Z. I mean, that's been... <laughs> So for me, it's also learning. And I think the girls are really, you know, teaching me a hell of a lot about that generation as well. And the podcast is fun and it's girly and it's great. I mean, it's number one. Like they've just, I I said to them yesterday, I was like, wow, like kudos to you. You know, it's huge. So I'm very excited for them. So I'm just going to give them a little plug because I think they're, they're great and they're doing an awesome job. And they're very new to this industry too. Like, wow. I agree. I love them. So good on them. And what is your favorite social media platform? I'd have to say Instagram. I'm I'm like old school. I have to. I do enjoy TikTok. I just get so lost down it. You know, I get lost for hours. But yeah, I think Instagram for me, I do enjoy. Your most visited website? Yeah, I was thinking about this. Like I'd have this is gonna sound crazy. Realestate.com. Like I'm looking at I'm looking at the farms. I'm looking like <laughs> The different dream life. Not that I, I just really, really enjoy looking at property. Is that that's weird, right? Is that weird? I do it too. I do it too, and I always sort it from like the most expensive to the cheapest. You know, just in case. Just in case, exactly. I know. This guy's like, wow. I do actually frequent that site a lot. And then you get on like night after night, and you're like, why am I thinking there's going to be anything new on here? I checked it out last night. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> Don't worry, I'm the exact same as you. I have I have the app on my phone. I'm obsessed. <laughs> no, totally. Absolutely. Um, and last question, what is your screen time? So I had a look just before. It's six hours and fifty-five minutes. So that's nearly seven hours. Yeah. I actually I actually thought it would be more, to be honest. Yeah, that's a lot, isn't it? A lot. I used to get yelled at at work because mine was like five and a half hours. So you beat me. Yeah. <laughs> well, I know I was saying to you like earlier before we jumped on, you know, back in the day when we started, like we didn't have social media. You know, when I worked at Sports Girl Head Office, if you had your mobile phone in your hand, it was sort of frowned upon because we had we had desks, we had phone desks. Uh, sorry, we had like phones on our desks and, you know, like why are you on your mobile phone? So I think it's so funny now because mobiles, you know, rule our world. So it's certainly changed. Yeah, I know it has definitely changed. Well, anyway, I have had such a lovely time chatting to you. I've learned a lot and, you know, we really appreciate you coming onto the podcast. So thank you. Thanks, Marisa. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to The Press Office with Kate and Co PR. Please subscribe, rate and review via your favourite podcast app and please give us a follow, like and share on Instagram at Kate Co PR.